get excited because the cast of Grown Ups too. Uh, oh, it was shit. paparazzi has has spotted them on the set of diners, drive-ins and dives with <laughs> Guy Fieri. <laughs> of course, <laughs> the perfect combination. Uh, so Edward, if, what the hell are you doing? You were in Punch Drunk Love. So if the world explodes in the next week, we know why. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go hang happen. myself. I'll see you guys later, ladies and gentlemen. Put a bird on your head. I'm Kent Garrison. I'm Brian Gill. And I'm Richard Barden. And this is Mad About Movies. You sound insane. You like that? The whole world got crazy! It's showtime. Mad About Movies is your go-to podcast for all things cinema. We talk movie news, movie rumors, and we give you a detailed analysis of our chosen movie of the week. But don't worry, we will warn you before we go into spoilers. Remember to stay tuned until the end of each episode for our weekly recommends, in which we each suggest something that you guys need to check out as soon as possible. This week, we are focusing our efforts on what, Brian? Disney's epic masterpiece, The Lone Ranger. Eight men rode into canyon. I dug seven graves. Horse says you are a spirit walker. A man who has been to the other side and returned. A man who cannot be killed in battle. Something very wrong with that horse. Now, should I go ahead? Should I break out the worst worst movie of all time music now? <laughs> should I cue it up? Uh, we, gonna, we should it, probably tell the listeners we the term "mad about movies" is usually because we really like movies and are excited. Yeah, it's figuratively used, not literally. Uh, today, today may be more like pissed off about movies or <laughs> something like that. So just just gear up, dear listener. So should should we uh, tease that now? That it might be in the conversation for worst movie uh, of the year. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's in the conversation. So we're going to have the conversation. I'm yeah. sorry, you guys are talking about Lone Ranger and I fell asleep for a minute. What, what were we, What's up? <laughs> yeah. But I want to ask you guys, Brian. Yeah. How are you doing, man? You know, it's a, it's been a rough, uh, a rough day, guys. I'm not going to lie. This is every year I talk myself into the enjoyability of NBA offseason and the Mavericks are going to rebuild and it's going to be awesome. And then by the end of the week... Of the first week of free agency, we have nine guards and no centers, and we're about to sign Samuel Dellenbear. So <laughs> it's been a uh, it's been a rough day, and uh, my kid's been crying all day. So I'm on edge. I'm I'm ready to explode, and I'm I'm afraid Lone, Lone Ranger is going to take the brunt of it today. So Johnny Depp, if you're listening to this, it's half your fault and half Dwight Howard's fault. So hey, have you heard about the sequel, The Lone Ranger Two? Yeah, it's <laughs> no. starring Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> Hi, oh. Uh, Richard, how you been, man? Been well? You uh, sound great well, today. Now- I'm, I'm glad glad to have you on, man. I was I was hoping you could make it. I'm glad you could make it. Thanks, man. That's uh, I don't know if that's backhanded or not, but no, yeah, here true. I am. <laughs> um, I'm you know I now live in a world where I've seen the Lone Ranger, so I can't say I'm doing great. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're, uh, you, you were better off yesterday. Uh, yeah. Today, yeah, I, I mean, you were. Your life was better before seeing this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's always going to be a timestamp like nine eleven that I uh, measure my life against. You'll always remember no, where no, you were. No exaggeration there. 
And it's not it's not like that. It is that. I mean, it's the same type of feeling going through me. Uh, no, I'm kidding, obviously. But uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's I'm good though. Everything's going well. How about uh, how about yourself, Kento? Everything is going great. Going swimmingly. Um, yeah. Pacific Rim this weekend. Getting really excited. Yeah. Um, Buzz is out, and uh, Kanye liked it. Good. Well, that's, <laughs> that's all you need to know. Itself. Yeah. There you yeah. go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm doing very good. And it's been a good summer of movies so far, um, minus a few stinkers, <laughs> which will, which I'll talk about more. I'll compare it to some other – compare Little Ranger to some other movies. But um, first, it wouldn't be mad about movies if we didn't talk movie news, movie rumors, and mm. movie – what, guys? Rumblings. Rumblings. There you go. Richard knows. Um, so, Richard, give me some rumblings. Oh, some some rumblings around the bend? Well, I know we got to. We've been talking about this movie a lot, and you, you've been really excited about it. But uh, have you seen Chris Pratt? How jacked he is for this Guardians Guardians of the Galaxy movie? Yeah, <laughs> I did. Seriously, I did. He looks see like that. a yeah. completely different person. It's crazy. Yeah, it's not. He always goes up and down weight a lot. I just yeah. find that interesting for roles that don't necessarily require it. But I, I, right. I assume this one does. Yeah, he does. He does. It looks like a different person. He really does. So does this come out in twenty fourteen, Kent? Uh, yeah, next summer. Is this your most anticipated movie of next summer? Oh man, it's it's up there. It's got to be probably right now. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I would say 2015 is the next big summer. You know, because uh, of Star Wars and Avengers too. So yeah, yeah, definitely Guardians of the Galaxy is gonna gonna kind of tide me over. I think until 2015, my anticipation for it, I think will. So, um, you know, I definitely I saw the picture. He looks crazy. Um, that movie is. Getting me really excited. Did you see that trailer to that movie uh, with Vince Vaughn and Chris Pratt? Um, yeah, no. Yeah. Delivery Man. Delivery Man. What are your thoughts on that, Brian? I, you know, I, I just the premise itself looks horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw like a teaser for it a couple weeks ago, and and I was just like, man, this looks really bad. But that the trailer for uh, the, the 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 official trailer, I guess, I was kind of surprised. It looked like it might be a, a decent. A decent movie, and maybe maybe get a little bit of, I guess, throwback Vince Vaughn. When I actually like to watch movies that had Vince Vaughn in it, um, he that, it looked decent, and and I I love Chris Pratt, so I'm I don't guess he's quite in the category of like oh if he's in then I'm in no matter what. But having him in a movie definitely helps um, helps my anticipation level. So I was I don't know about you, Kim. I was surprised how well I received that that uh, first trailer. I wasn't expecting. Yeah. The um, my only complaint with the trailer is I feel like I I might have already seen the entire movie in the trailer. You That's know what true. I mean? That's it, true. It gave yeah. away so much about the story, which is not necessarily a bad thing. It kind of did more. It made me more intrigued on the movie. But um, yeah. What's the last Brian? What's the last um, Vince Vaughn movie that you enjoyed? Uh, pull, I'll asking. pull up his. Uh, I'll pull up his IMDb here. All right, Richard. Uh, Richard, have you seen the, the Delivery Man trailer? I ha- I haven't, but I'll say the last movie I enjoyed of his. I you know what? It's not Wedding Crashers. It's the one with Jennifer Anderson, The Breakup. Yeah, uh, that I was actually like that movie. And he has a bit role in uh, an End of the Wild, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. So, but he was. I mean, that's not really a Vince Vaughn movie. He just right. was in that. So I would I would go the same route. I'd say Wedding Crashers and The Breakup were back to back. And I you know The Breakup's not great, but that's it's better. I, I think it's better than people. Think it is maybe or remember it as? 
Like, it's yeah, not like yeah. anything else. So you have to at least give it that, right? Right, yeah. Um, so that's, that's you know, at least a point in, in this era, sadly, of cinema that it's it's right. not an adaptation or it's just a, an interesting script that wasn't ex- executed perfectly, but at least is, you know, exists. Yeah. yeah. Since then, though, it's been Fred Claus, Four Christmases, Couples Retreat, The Dilemma, Lay the Favorite, the watch and the internship. So wow. that's a horrible string of movies. Yeah. Ugh, that's awful. Ugh. The uh, last movie I saw that I liked him in, uh, probably, probably Swingers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I liked him in Old School. I thought sure. Old School was good. Uh, Wedding Crashers, of course. Yeah. His, um, dodgeball. I always like Dodgeball. Yeah. yeah. His bit in Anchorman's funny. Again, only for like five minutes, but I enjoyed that part. So, you know. I don't know. Psycho remake? Anybody? Oh, yikes. 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 Um, Lost World, Jurassic Park. I always forget about that. Oh, yeah. I forgot he's in that, too. Yeah. Um, he's got an interesting uh, resume. Well, you forget about some of these roles that he's done. But yeah, the last like he can do anything. Seven years people been... aren't really going to hate him. You know, he's just a likable guy. It seems like you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. He's like he's been doing awful stuff, like you pointed out, Brian, for the yeah. past ten years, really. And uh, they, he still gets to be in all these movies and make whatever he wants. So it's true. Um, that's I do always. I do. Always I do like, like him though. I, I yeah. do want him to do something good though. You know what I mean? Yeah. I he's. He's like a lot of guys where that are kind of in that second tier to me of of comedy actors where I do not I really don't want to see him in a lead role. Like if he's the second or third or fourth guy down the down the row, I I I think he he excels in that sort of a role um versus basically any movie that he has fronted or close enough anyway. I mean Dodgeball I like Dodgeball. Dodgeball's fine, but pretty much anything else that he's been the guy in, I'm not that I'm not that stoked about. Also, and I know Richard <laughs> Richard and I have talked about this in the past, not necessarily as it pertains to uh Vince Vaughn, but Vince Vaughn looks like one of those people like he looks like somebody who doesn't smell good in person. So that always <laughs> That's an interesting trait to, to tell from somebody just by <laughs> yeah. looking at a picture of him. I yeah. bet he does a whole list good. of that. <laughs> yeah. The captain of the captain of my team is former pop star Aaliyah. Not Aaliyah, no. Ashanti. No. Ashanti looks like yeah. she smells horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's a look. No, I'm, I'm totally with yeah. We we've discussed that. Who, we, who's we, yours? Don't you have one that looks like Well, I mean, bad? Janine Garofalo is the the all time. <laughs> yeah. Cuz you just She just smells like patchouli and sadness. <laughs> yeah. Janine Garofalo. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, and I feel like once once or twice a year, somebody comes across our screen, and I I immediately text Richard, and say, "Man, this this person, this whoever it is, I can't think of any other great examples off the top of my head, but they just look like a, haven't showered in a while, and maybe yeah, just smell like different. sausage or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's I think Vince Vaughn smells like Chicago meats, like a yeah. like a like a, a stop, like you know, like one of those little uh, walk up carts. That yeah. sells sausages. That's what Vince Vaughn smells like. Yeah, and it's not a terrible <laughs> smell, just not just on a human. Old. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're with us, right, Kent? We're not like exactly. No, you took the words right out of my mouth, Richard. You literally <laughs> did. That's greatness. Um, I want to talk about some more comedy greatness coming out this weekend. Um, we haven't talked about it at all, really, on this show. It's surprising because I think we've texted about it uh, back and forth. But uh, guys. 
don't fret. Uh, Pacific Rim isn't good. We can always go check out Grown Ups 2. That movie has the longest marketing campaign of anything I've ever seen. Like, I've been seeing commercials and trailers for that since, like, the Pierce administration in the mid-1800s. And it's unbelievable how many... I mean, I've never seen... That's been going on since literally February. I've been seeing these stupid ads for this... I mean, they... they, Yeah. Uh, And it it doesn't seem like they should need it because the people that are going to go see that movie are going to go see that movie regardless of how much advertising is put behind it. So, I mean, has it swayed either of you to want to go see Grown Ups 2? In one way. In one way. Because of Forte? Yeah, I'll see anything Forte's in, and now I have to, like, back that up. Like, I have to put my money where my mouth is and go see it because Forte's in the trailer. You just need to Uh, find out, like, where in the movie, because he's only going to be in the movie for, like, two minutes, and just, just walk in, buy a ticket, Sit outside the theater until 60 minutes in and then walk in, sit down, walk out. I was at, a, I don't know, when my wife and I were dating, the first Twilight movie came out. And uh, we went to see that, of course. And um, thankfully, the last one that I've seen, um, there's this like huge, like super nerdy guy, like looked like George R. R. Martin type nerdy guy. And, uh, and he sat down like in the front row. And I mean, there couldn't have been three more males in the whole audience you know we were all drugged there by our girlfriends or wives or whatever and i think it was like a harry potter preview or something that was going to be on before twilight or something and he literally like he it's like he could feel everybody staring at him and he goes it was very stephen blum voice it was just like (laughs) i'm only here to see harry potter and then like the trailer played for harry potter and he goes welp and got up and walked out (laughs) And I respect that guy. I don't know his name, but uh, somewhere somewhere he's out. So you should do the same thing with Grown Ups, too. Just go and hang out yeah. until Forte shows up and then bail. <laughs> Make a big deal out of it, too. Yeah, and it'll really confuse everyone when I'm like, I'm only here for Will Forte. Yeah. As you, you all know who he is, right? I'm a big fan. McGruber, you know. <laughs> I, I, my only disappointment with Grown Ups, too, is that uh, no Rob this? Schneider. <laughs> I mean, what's the deal? Yeah, he had other things going no, on. Yeah, I mean, what does Rob started, Schneider he, have going on? They, they couldn't, they no, couldn't afford Rob Schneider? That's a big – apparently Rob Schneider is a colossal jerk is what I've heard. But he 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 said he was he was too busy and that the project seemed kind of beneath him now to do a – he didn't want to do a sequel. Seriously. Yeah. So, uh, wow. He wants to focus on his stand-up career. Ugh. You know, they got the next best thing to Rob Schneider, which is Taylor Lautner. So. <laughs> or Shaq. Yeah. Or Shaquille O'Neal as a cop. I'm not with even a, with kidding. an afro, guys. Too. Yeah, that's see. funny. Um, I'm, this is a serious debate I want to have right now. Better actor, Lautner or Schneider? Oh, uh, I Rob Schneider. I'm gonna have to say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think you can be an awful actor. I mean, like, epically bad actor if you've ever been on Saturday Night Live for more than one season. So mm-hmm. I'll go Schneider, better actor. Well, I, I don't want to, you know, poop on your theory here, uh, <laughs> but Abby Elliott did multiple seasons on SNL. Yeah, but we've had discussions about Abby. The, the weird thing about Abby Elliott is that, and, is that she's not bad. She's just not funny. Like, there's That's nothing true. funny about her, and that drives me crazy because she got all the great – 
she it was like, oh, Kristen Wiig's not going to take this, is not going to do this part, so we'll just hand it off to Abby Elliott. And she just killed sketches over and yeah. over again because she just wasn't funny. Like, she yeah. might be, like, a really good dramatic actor. She just is not yeah, that's true. a funny person whatsoever. I'll give you that. Have we talked about um, – I know we talked about Bill Hader, but, but have we talked about Fred Armisen and Jason Sudeikis uh, leaving SNL yet? Uh, we may have briefly. I, I don't. I think remember. we predicted it, but I don't think we actually said that they were. Leaving, yeah, it didn't so. come through official, which was weird because it was like so obvious. Uh, yeah, did Sudeikis officially pull out? I can't. I think I can't so. That. I think the news came across, but I don't think he's officially announced it yet. Um, I know Armisen has. Yeah, I know Armisen and Hater are out, but I wasn't sure about Sudeikis. I mean, it makes sense for Sudeikis to leave, but it, I felt like he was yeah. dragging his feet on that or something. But maybe I'm just totally off base. I'm like, a little dumber today than I was last week because of the movie that we're going to review later. So, you know, <laughs> so yeah. what? Um, what do you guys think of Fred Armisen? Do you think he I has a chance him. to be um, have a career beyond SNL? Or yeah, I think he's really smart actually in how he's handled himself. And in this new era of television, actually, really lends itself to uh, these SNL people because you know it used to be someone either became Adam Sandler or they became somebody we never heard from again. Right. And it was kind of an all or nothing proposition. Whereas now, you know, it's like Amy Poehler didn't become a movie star, but she has a really successful show. Right. And, you know, you know, a bunch of these people are, are doing things. Uh, and so, you know, who do you judge as more success thus far, Amy Poehler or Kristen Wiig? I mean, that, that's just kind of up to your interpretation of successful. But I think he's smart. He does this. He's gonna, I think, gonna do some character pieces in movies, and I think he's gonna make Portlandia kind of his creative statement, and sure. uh, and it lends itself to all of his sensibilities, and it's completely his. You know, it's still sketch comedy, but it's very different from SNL. I mean, so much so different that he was allowed to do it at the same time as SNL, and right. it wasn't thought of as a threat. I mean, it's not like you could do SNL and Mad TV. I mean, this is a kind of a different beast, and right. so I think he is handling himself knowing his role well and doing things he's very capable of doing. Uh, yeah, no, I think he'll have a, a long, you know, interesting career. Uh, I could see him doing some dramatic work later on. I could see him showing up in small character parts uh, in, you know, forever. A lot of it in co- in comedy, so much of it in comedy, it seems, is like, are you a tool or not? I mean, like, yeah. you know, yeah. Chevy <laughs> Chase probably, like, could have been decent, done some interesting things besides, you know, maybe Chevy Chase isn't, as fu- isn't that funny, with modern sensibilities, but you know, if Chevy Chase was a nice person, I can see someone putting him in some interesting dramatic roles, right? You know, or some smaller parts and things like that. But it didn't happen because he's a tool. People seem to really like Fred Armisen, and he seems yeah. like a nice guy. So I think that also bodes well in his favor. Yeah, I agree. Um, Portlandia is hilarious. It and is. I, I, it's kind of only the only thing that surprised me about this situation is I would have thought he would have stayed on at least one more season, just this kind of. A favor to Lauren Michaels. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, who? They have nobody now. They have Killian, uh, what's his name? And, yeah, um, Kill. Taryn Killam. Taryn Killam and Bobby Moynihan. Uh, Bobby yeah. Moynihan and Keenan Thompson. There you go. Yeah. And Seth Meyers. But, yeah. So. But they had no one for a couple years before Sandberg and Hader and those guys. Right. I mean, Armisen and, and Forte were all they had for about two or three years. Yeah. So, I mean, it, that's just, you know, the, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's the way it I mean, goes. That's, that's just the. the, the it's yeah, it's the nature of the beast. They're literally going to have to get like four or five n- brand new guys for full time, you know, full time oh. cast members for this season. And they will. 
They, yeah. They've got 30, almost 40 years of, of <laughs> proof that they will do that. So oh, I, they, They've got you know. millions of people waiting, lined up to oh, yeah. audition, yeah, too. Absolutely. So. I mean, that's just, that's the way that they operate. That, I feel like... I feel like every five years we start getting these, you know, big journalistic entries on the demise of Saturday Night Live. You know, it's imminent. It's this could be it. They lost Sudeikis. They lost Armisen. They lost Hader. And yeah, that's a big loss. And and this season was bad. I mean, comparatively to to other seasons in the recent past, it wasn't very good. But that's that's what they do. I mean, they'll they'll cycle in new guys. They'll learn on the mm-hmm. job. And and in two or three years, the new crop will be. Maybe not just as revered as the current crop that's going out, but but they'll be very similar. They'll be on the same the same level. Taron Killam is great, yeah. and not having Sudeikis and Hater around uh, probably makes him much better. Just from the standpoint of, I think I think Sudeikis and him a lot of times we're getting we're competing for the same bit over the last couple of years, and now. If those guys are out of the way, you'll. I mean, he's the he's the showcase, at least from the male standpoint, um, for for the upcoming season. And I, I, I think he's very talented. So I'm, I, you know, I think he'll be the he'll he'll carry quite a bit of the load. And then these other guys will will develop as they go. And and I think they'll they'll be fine. Uh, that's just what Saturday Night Live does. What's the uh, what's the blonde girl's name that does Ellen? Oh, like Kate McKinnon, I think. McKinnon. Yeah, she's really good. She's she got a is. lot of potential. I mean, yeah. so that's somebody they can build off of, yeah. at least on the female side. And uh, uh, the, what's the what's the what's the new, oh no the the other no. Cecily Strong Cecily Strong yeah. Cecily Strong's got something. She yeah, she didn't have good. a whole lot to do this year, but I I like to watch the 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 new members of the cast. I, what I think is so interesting to watch um, in, with them is. What they do when they're not the star of of the the bit of the sketch, you know, and seeing uh, there are several times this season where Cecily Strong, especially, um, she draws your eye. She only has one line in a sketch, but she she drew so much attention because of how she she presents it. And I think that's a a major marker for you know you can expect something big from her. as opposed to like the new guy that they brought in this year. Uh, oh my Tim, gosh, Tim Bryant, he's terrible. Like he yeah, didn't do a single thing all season. Where I thought that was a really <laughs> good bit. I mean, I'll be surprised if he makes it through. Maybe next year because they're just going to have so many new faces. But Jay Farrow you know, too. Yeah, I forgot about him. But he's only he's strictly impressions. So it seems like you know I, yeah. he yep. doesn't really do characters or anything. Right. Uh, he's yeah, he's great, but. Um, so yeah, it's it's always one of those things like I just hope it's funny, you know. I wouldn't put it past NBC and I don't think any of us would that for them to just cancel SNL one day, just up and cancel. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> they won't they won't do that. I mean NBC's yeah. terrible. They're terrible guys. Well, it it would have remember. to be I mean it's an expensive show. Um yeah. but they they, they it, what it does is produce for them on so many other levels. Um the cachet gives them you know, it's not a cheap show to produce, but it it gives them talent. It it gives brand loyalty to them. It, its value is above its ratings. I mean, they yeah. they wouldn't. You know that that SNL brand. Gosh, I mean, what's a more valuable brand than that in television? Maybe like the ESPN brand and things like that. But just what that means, kind of historically right. into the culture at large, yeah, uh, is a huge thing. So I mean. Even if they were lose, I don't even think they're losing money on it. But even if they were, they'd keep it around just for the yeah. cachet it gives. Well, and, and Lauren, like, Lauren has so much power over there right now yes, too. And that, he, he runs. A, I mean, that's a great point. 
I mean, he pretty much with this uh, Seth Meyers announcement, he runs NBC comedy essentially, which is great because and it's a good thing because Lord Michaels is um, what's the word I'm looking for? Funny, <laughs> and uh, and so it tends to people that end up in executive positions oftentimes are uh, n- not funny at all. And they, they want to give notes and it's, they've, they've never written comedy or produced comedy on any level. And they want to tell you what's funny. And uh, it's, it's nice to know that the hands of comedy at SM, you know, the comedy at NBC, which is probably the most famous comedy network is, is in the hands of, of someone very capable, almost at all levels. You, I mean, sitcoms you, to go ahead. What are, what are you talking about, Richard? NBC, they they got Betty White's off their rockers. I mean, <laughs> no, it's, I mean it's just brutal. But you know, it's the more power you can give the Lauren Michaels, he seems like he can handle it, and uh, he seems to be the best judge of talent. In you know, I would love to watch like a stand-up or sketch reality show or competition show with Lauren Michaels as a judge. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so <laughs> there's so many. I mean, he seems to know stars well. He doesn't miss very often. And uh, and that whole system he has set up is uh, very Hunger Games ish and and kind of brutal to go through, but I think it makes you it makes you or breaks you definitely. And uh, anyway, sorry, it's a lot of SNL talk for a movie I, podcast. I've, I've always wanted to to see this this documentary that James Franco did about SNL. Have you heard about this? No, no. He, he did like a, a documentary about Saturday Night Live and its you know, cultural impacts and just behind the scenes of it. Um, a couple of years ago, and it it went to like film festivals and everything, and like won a bunch of awards, but it like never came out, and like he can't find a distributor for it or something. Um, but apparently, it's mm-hmm. awesome. So look that up. I I don't know what it's called. It's called um, oh I'll have to look it up. But man, it's um, it's freaking awesome. Yeah, I'd love uh, to apparently. watch that. Um, because man, I've always wanted to know, you know. Kind of Have what read, it's like to, to audition. There's a book and called thing, Live you know from I mean? New York. Yeah, there's I was going to ask if you'd Shales. read the oral yeah. history. Yeah, that's it's a great oral history by Tom Shales, which is great. I mean, it kind of cuts off probably in like what oh four oh five somewhere in yeah, there. But it was right in the uh, middle of the Will Ferrell reign. Yeah, but it's it's an incredible look, and uh, there's a few other things you can you can catch. I think there's a good Lauren Michaels biography out there. Um, you it's know, called it's, Saturday it's, Night. That's what it's called. Uh, Okay. Good title, it was Franco. in 2010. <laughs> so, um, yeah, 2010. It's been out for three years, and and no one can see it. So that's uh, it'll make its way to it'll make its way to Netflix at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, hopefully. So you, I want to talk. I got one more bit of movie news, unless okay. you guys want to keep. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. That. So, looks like we're gonna get a Slaughterhouse Five movie. Oh um, yeah, I heard about that. I was, I was wondering Croft. if you were going to bring it up, so go for it. Yeah, so Slaughterhouse-Five is one of my favorite books of all time, especially the prologue of it, that how it starts off is, I think, the best thing written in the 20th century. Love Kurt Vonnegut. I, I love even bad... I, I kind of love bad Kurt Vonnegut books more than I like the good ones, just because they're so silly. Um, he's a kind of a comedic satirist. He does a lot of... He served in World War II, and Slaughterhouse-Five is just... I don't know. Have you either of you read Slaughterhouse-Five? Uh, no, I haven't. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's not something that's really taught in schools anymore, but it's, it's incredible. And it's like, it's a World War II kind of almost memoir, but like halfway through it, aliens invade and there's all this time travel and it's really funny. And I, 
Ivy. It's just like the weirdest. It's weird. so incredible that it was written in like 1960 because it's it's kind of ahead of its time still. Um, it still feels like it's straight out of the future. Um, but uh, so I heard a couple years ago that Guillermo del Toro, uh, you know, acquired the rights to it. But he acquired the rights to it with like 80 other things. And I was like, well, right. that'd be so cool if he made it. But I don't think he ever will. Um, and especially once the specific Rim thing happened, that was such a big project. And and it's like, well, it seems like he's going more this big blockbuster way. But now they've hired Charlie Kaufman, who did being John, John Malkovich adaptation, some other really interesting things to write the screenplay. And I'm I couldn't be more excited with that choice. So wow. I know you guys haven't read the book, but are you guys excited for the? Think it'll be cool. Oh, yes. I'm, are you I'm guys excited. Kaufman? Yeah, I've, I've read a little bit of other uh, Kurt Vonnegut stuff. I can't remember exactly what they were called, but it's all his stuff Probably. is great. Um, yeah, Cat's Cradle is really good. Breakfast of Champions is really good. Right. Um, if you want, if you want to recommend a bad one, Slapstick is really bad but really good. It's like the Fast and Furious of, uh, <laughs> of uh, sci-fi <laughs> satire. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I I couldn't be. This is now my most anticipated movie of whatever year it comes out. It's number one, so. <laughs> I'm on it. If it ends up being great, just remember I was on it early. Yeah, I saw you posted that on Facebook, and uh, I got excited for you because I knew you were such a huge fan. I I don't know why I've never read the book. I've had a copy of it for years, and it's been on my you know I need to read that list, and I just never get around to it. So I guess I'll have to do that before the uh, uh, yeah inevitable movie. Probably, I mean I know I'll like it. That's that's right up yeah, my and I, my reading alley. And, but and also Brian, you're gonna like read it and just kind of settle down like okay let's let's get through this you know or you know you know even when you enjoy something a book can be arduous it's you yeah. know, daunting and then you'll just be like oh why did i not read this i mean you'll fly through it it's like the easiest of anything like great american literature right aside from maybe sun also rises which i love it's probably the easiest thing to read like it just sweet. flies by sweet so mostly all i, I read are like boxcar children books so I'll, yeah but i'm excited to give that a try so. i found a, a choose your own adventure novel <laughs> on my coffee table not kidding like two days ago and Corey's like yeah i'm starting to read those again <laughs> oh Corey, it's so I'm, great I'm, I'm i'm baby Sarah's club guys all the way <laughs> <laughs> y'all want uh, to get this with yeah let's let's do it hey what's up ma'am fam kent here And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. 
In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. People think you are dead? Better to stay that way. You only wear a mask. There'll come a time when good men must wear masks. All right. Let's do this. All right, guys. Lone Ranger. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Richard, uh, I think you're most anticipated of the year, you said. Okay, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm actually like, my mom was like really into Zorro and Lone Ranger stuff when I was a kid. And uh, so I like have a passing familiarity with Lone Ranger. And I sure. will admit when when this was announced initially, I was kind of like, I'll be, I'll watch that. I mean, I wasn't like super psyched, but uh, I was like, did think I would like it. And so, uh, you know, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, um, first, we'll give our initial impressions uh, first, and then we'll go into more specifics uh, a little bit later. But Richard, um Give us your initial impressions uh, on this movie, The Lone Ranger. Uh, well, as I texted you guys uh, today, and as I want to do, uh, I was I texted you as I was walking out of the theater at, uh, I think, 4.30. Um, and the movie started at 3. <laughs> and it's a two-and-a-half-hour movie, so you guys can do the math on how far I lasted. Um, gave it the old Barden walkout. Uh, it's, it's unbearably bad. I mean, it's a terrible, terrible movie. And Johnny Depp's character is, uh, super boring and super racist and super the best part of the movie. Yeah. And so that's depressing. Um, Arnie Hammer, let's just never see. I remember when I said, Tommy McGuire, please never work again after Gatsby. Um, Army Hammer, if you guys want to get a condo together, that'd be cool. Somewhere away from Hollywood, preferably. Uh, liked you in social network. Hope I never see you again. Yeah. You're, uh, yeah, just everyone in this movie is bad. It's Gore Verbinski. I mean, I mean, I, I'll admit, and Kent and I can remember because we, I think, wa- watched the movie together at some point, but I was a big Pirates fan and still am. I uh, even watched it pretty recently, expecting not to like it that much. And uh, it still holds up really well, the first one. But I almost instantly did not care for either any of the sequels. They, they're just yeah. totally different in tone than the first one. And uh, this is more of that same tone. And that tone is terrible. And uh, <laughs> without Captain Jack Sparrow, uh, apparently audiences agreed with me. And, uh, you know, Johnny Depp, why don't you stop talking for a while? Or go do something where you're not in face paint. Uh, what else to say? I'd love to, I'd love to talk about how the ending changed the movie, but I honestly don't know how it ends, and I hope I, I never find out. Uh, it's really bad. Doesn't, it won't keep me awake at night. As far as I'm concerned, they all die in a train accident. At the end. Tonto eats the Lone Ranger. Is that what happens? Actually, yeah. Yeah. Strangely <laughs> yeah, enough, nailed it. Yeah. 
Um, Brian but, uh, Gill. Kent, what were you... Okay, Brian. I want to yeah, hear yeah. Brian's thoughts first. So go ahead, Brian. You know, I feel like I feel like we should say to the listener, especially if like if you're a first time listener, you should know that we really love movies. Like this is nothing frustrates me more than like reading a a critic who clearly does not like going to the movies anymore. You know what I mean? And and just that permeates everything or, that they that they write. Or um, when people on the internet say that. Uh, this pot we have this podcast just so we can bash on movies, right? Which isn't yeah. true, no. because yeah. we, we do like enjoy Fast movies. And Furious. Yeah, yeah, we like Fast and Furious. Yeah, so I mean, so I feel like if there's any new listeners, they should hear us say that because we we've we've been doing this for six months. I think the only other reviews that we've even that we've gone super negative are on were were GI Joe and now you see me even great Gatsby we talked about a lot of the positive things even though none of us really liked that movie but um so I just you know just keep that in mind dear listener but but um so I (laughs) there are probably worse movies that have come out thus far this year and will come out throughout the rest of the year but I kind of feel like because this is because of this is such a grand spectacle of a movie and it costs like two hundred and fifty million dollars to make, I kind of feel like you have to count that in to everything or, or account for that when you decide how bad a movie is. Like, like uh, Sean Bradley played for the Mavericks for years and he was bad, but what made him so much worse is that we were paying him like thirteen million dollars a year, like. And that so to me, it's the same thing with Lone Ranger. Probably other movies this year are worse that, and maybe even a movie or two that I've seen are maybe actively worse than this. Like movie forty three, yeah, movie forty three, yeah. Movie forty three is the only movie ever that I've walked out of, so that has to be worse. But when the bar is set, you have so much opportunity to when you're. I don't even see. I, I can't even keep my thoughts straight. This movie just made me so frustrated. Um, if you have Johnny Depp and Army Hammer and a pretty solid supporting cast and a director who knows how to make a good movie um, because he's done it a, at least a couple of times, and you have two hundred and fifty million dollars at your disposal and the Disney machine backing you up, and this is the best thing that you can put forth, um then it's the worst movie of the year and no one in this movie should feel anything but guilt and regret over having anything to do with this movie period there is literally i i tried really hard to think of things that i like about this movie and the only thing i mean gi joe 2 you guys remember i came on with like five things that i could at least say yeah this movie is sucks but at least there's these five things that are decent about it the only good thing about this movie is that it bombed so hard that we won't get a sequel. That's it. That's the only thing that <laughs> I, I can come up with. You don't know that. <laughs> uh, that but yeah, it's it's just it is it is a train wreck of a movie and it's it's shameful that that Johnny Depp and and even Army Hammer who I think is a talented actor um that they that they put their time and energy into this movie. It's it's awful. Yeah, I feel bad for Army Hammer. Um because I think he has talent, you know, and I think he has um potential to be a big summer blockbuster star in the right movie. 
But yeah. I feel like this movie has ruined his career, kind of. It's he's not going to get any other big movies. He, I mean, he'll. I think he'll get a Marvel movie. Uh, there's rumors coming out that he'll be in a new Marvel movie, maybe Ant Man. Um, but we'll have to see on that. But no, Brian, you hit on it exactly. Like like this movie came out July Fourth weekend. Yeah, you know, yeah. like literally the the release window of the summer that you want is the July Fourth weekend. Right. This is this the best you could do, Disney. Yeah. You 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 crap out billion dollar movies like. Oh, you know, every freaking Marvel movie, billions of dollars. You know, every yep. freaking animated movie you release, billions of dollars. You can, you can do 50 freaking straight-to-DVD Cinderella sequels for a billion dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is ridiculous. And when they actually try to do stuff that's original, it, it's always bad. It's yeah. I don't understand what the deal is. Like, Pirates of the Caribbean, they probably even thought it was going to be bad. And it came out, and it was this huge thing. Like, well, what do we do now? I guess we make fifty of them because yeah, there's and but they're not any good. Like they don't know what to do when a movie they release actually is successful anymore, and that's crazy. Well, and that's it's like that's ever since Toy, ever since The Lion King, and yeah. arguably Toy Story, but they were only distributors of Toy Story. They didn't really make it. Um, ever since Lion King, every movie, everything they've done has been bad. Like and, literally, and that's the thing though, Kent. I think I think you hit it right there. They. I think all of of what's happened in the last ten years, at least as far as Disney is concerned, with the big blockbuster, and I'll and I'll just say the the live action. I won't even include the animated stuff. Whatever. Um, I think it's all due to Pirates of the Caribbean because exactly. as good as that movie is, and I and I'm with I'm with you, Richard. I I really really like Pirates of the Caribbean a lot. Um, that <laughs> that probably should have been a disaster. You had a movie yep, that is based on a theme park ride and they spent, I'm not, I don't have it in front of me, but I, I feel like they spent almost $200 million on that movie. And at that time that was ridiculous. Um, and, 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 and they, they hated it. Yes. They, they wanted depth to change it. They didn't like Jeffrey yes. rush. Like it, they just happened to hire actors that right. had a couple good ideas and got lucky. Right. And, and they caught lightning on a, caught lightning in a bottle and it, and it was so good. And since then, they all they do it, it set a it just set the standard for what they have to do, which is get a big bloated cast, spend at least one hundred and fifty million dollars, put in a couple of explosions, whether or not the script should call for that or not, whether it fits fits or not, doesn't really matter. Put that sort of thing in there, um, and it's going to be great, right? And people are going to watch it. Well, people may watch it, but when was the last time that Disney Studios that a, that a straight Disney live action movie, big blockbuster like this was was good, or or was really good? Because I don't think there has been one since Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Um, no, you're absolutely right, and, and I think Pirates of the Caribbean might end up being the most important movie of this century. <laughs> you're not wrong. I mean, it set the tone for. At least for this studio, and and that's not a good thing because it's been a right it's been a disaster. I mean, and and but I mean, it 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 is what gave them the boatloads of money to go out and acquire Marvel. Yeah, it gave them the boatloads of money to now get the Star Star Wars universe. I mean, think about the what how that movie revitalized Disney. Disney was yeah. dead, and yeah. you know, on every level, and uh, I mean. Just from the straight business side of things, and yes, a little bit creatively, 
that's got to be, I mean, the, if you really think about it, Pirates of the Caribbean is a huge moment in popular culture in the 21st century. Like, arguably well, the defining moment of, of popcorn cinema of this movie. Not just because of it, know, because of everything. Of the that was big. Harry right. Potter. But, you're, for, I mean, yes, Disney, as far yeah. as, yeah, as far as, like, making money, those movies absolutely did more. But, like, does, do we get the Iron Man movies from Disney? I mean, you know, if, if Pirates of the Caribbean isn't made, are they able to finance yeah. the Iron Man movies like they have, have with Pirates of the Caribbean isn't made? I don't know. I mean, that, that movie, like, that, that, that ushered in this new era of Disney, which is creatively horrible, but businessly, business side, brilliant. And uh, yeah. this is kind of their first misstep from the business side, and it's kind of like their, their old creative bones came back and, and bit their checkbooks in the butt. Uh, but, uh, you know, oh well. You know, here's the Star Wars. Yeah, we're going to get to the point, hopefully, in the next year or two, where they're, Disney is only releasing um, Star Wars or Marvel. And that's fine with me, honestly. Yeah. You yeah. know, every other year, give me a Marvel one and a Star Wars, a Marvel and a Star Wars, a Marvel, you know what I mean? Like, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah. That gives me enough, you know, kid-like entertainment, uh, plus a couple Pixar movies sprinkled uh, in between those would be fine, too. I'll take that. Um but specifically, Brian, what did you find so appalling about? Uh, I know we, I know we don't like Johnny Depp. Let's get that out of the way. Um, is it the Johnny Depp was, uh, was that the, uh, I guess, the nail in the coffin? No, uh, that, and Richard said it exactly. Richard and I talked about this on on Monday. Um, he's the best part of the movie, and and it's not to say that he yeah. was great, and probably that's not to say that he was even good. Um, but it just that goes to speak of how bad the rest of this this movie is. Like, if you if they took Johnny Depp's role, despite the fact that we we bashed on it ahead of time, just based on really, are you going to continue to do this this uh, Jack Sparrow thing? Because that's exactly. I mean, that's all he's doing. It's just Jack Sparrow as a Native American instead of a pirate captain. I mean, it's the same exact thing. Um, but if you even if you just took that, which I think is tired. And put it into a coherent script surrounded by, I don't know, not even a different cast, but just cast that were given something different and better to do and and made the movie, I don't know. I, what I'm trying to say is if you put him into a better script and a better directed movie, then he, it would have been fine. He would have been fine and the movie probably would have been decent enough. But this, just the story that goes into this movie is such a bloody disaster, and it makes very, very little of it makes any sense. That the parts that do make sense are are still, <laughs> even if you understand what they're doing, you know, it's 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 dumb. Um, I couldn't care less about anything that was happening. I found I found the Lone Ranger himself to be unbearable. Um, I don't know what they were doing in the way that they wrote that character. Yeah, I mean, I have to believe that Army Hammer that that wasn't his plan to make to make the titular character of the movie so unbearably so unlikable. Uh, yeah, unlikable and obnoxious. You, I wanted him to die. I was actively rooting for that character to die. Um, which is so bad, and every <laughs> every plot point in the movie. It's like <laughs> I don't know. They all hinged on each other, but the first it's like the very first one didn't make any sense. The very first uh 
setup for the whole movie really doesn't make any sense. The, uh, and then the, the next one the played museum. off. That's the worst thing that I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, I... When that, I knew, I knew you were when that rolled, that, when that rolled yeah. at the fir- very first scene, the first five minutes, I was like, "Oh my I, god!" What I nearly walked this? out. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I cannot. I mean, I cannot believe that they went that route. There is, there's literally no reason for that part to even be in for for this constant back and forth to old Tonto telling the story of the Lone Ranger to this little kid. It doesn't serve any purpose. It only the the only thing that it does is it serves to extend this already excruciatingly long movie even further than it already is. There is no reason that this movie should have been longer than ninety minutes, let alone two and a half hours. I cannot believe that they stretched this to two and a half hours and just kept adding in. Oh wait, we got to do this now. Now we got to go to this part. I, I told Richard on Monday when we were talking about it, I was like, there's a there's a point about an hour and a half through that it's a very natural wrap it up point. Like you felt like, okay, all the story's done. This isn't right. a great this isn't a good movie, but okay, it's done. But no, there's another hour or or more after that and, and none of it from that point on is is any good. I I'm almost having trouble even coming up with specifics just because of how much I hated literally you know every aspect Brian. of this movie. I'm glad you said that because I saw this movie literally, and I'm looking at the clock, less than one hour ago, and I have forgotten every single thing about this movie other than that it had Johnny Depp acting like a Native American and Army Hammer just struggling for his life in this movie, literally and figuratively, um, and just a bunch of character actors spread everywhere. Yeah. Um, and Helena Bottom Carter in a role which is pointless. <laughs> yeah. Pointless. Yeah, absolutely. Has, makes no, no point. sense. Yeah. Has nothing to do with the story. And is literally just pigeonholed in there because, oh, Johnny Depp. Yeah. Helena Bottom Carter. That's something people know. It's like, it's made no Oh, it's so frustrating. It's it's the most insulting kind of, of filmmaking, in my opinion, because yeah. here's the thing, guys. I love blockbusters, and we we've talked about this ad nauseum on this on this podcast. I I love blockbuster movies, and I I'm all I love Battleship. Nobody likes Battleship, but I do. I really enjoyed that movie. I can get on board for Big Loud and Dumb. What I what I can't get on board with is a movie like this that is so it's it's so lazily made. And the, they cover it up with big explosions and and another twist, quote unquote twist in the in the plot that takes you somewhere else. So where it's it's all it's trying to do, in my opinion, is trying to distract the audience from how crappy this original script was and how crappy the the, the baseline story is for this stupid movie. Um, and I hate that. I I don't. It bothers me. Like. It, <laughs> To each his own, whatever. But this is a movie like where I saw a couple of people that I know, like on Facebook, say, "Hey, we watched Lone Ranger. I kind of liked it." It bothers me that people like this movie because it's such a lazy piece of junk, and I feel like they're trying to pull one over on the entire audience by throwing out pretty things and making people look away and be distracted from how bad everything in this movie is. Oh, they're not pulling over anything on anyone because this movie is gonna bomb. It's absolutely. Uh, it's it's a huge, you know, right. down. They're gonna they're apparently right. gonna lose over 150 million on it. Uh, right. They're predicting. But do you agree that's what they're trying to do? Is try. Oh to yeah, totally. Over the it, I mean, it's eyes. a summer. 
Blockbuster, it's like it's like putting a template. I mean, it's a template. It's like, okay, all we got to do is hire Gore Verbinski, right. get Hans Zimmers to do the soundtrack, yep. get Johnny Depp with white face paint, get Helena Bonham Carter somewhere involved, uh, yeah. have, have a huge trank. What, what's an era that we haven't done in Disney? Oh, Civil War. Yeah, we'll do something around Civil War. To, Lone Ranger. Oh, that's a, that's a name people kind of know too. Yep. And it's sort of kind of like a superhero, so that could possibly be a franchise. So, you know, Disney's thinking like there's nothing but positives as far as a mass market goes on this thing. Yep. But yep. it's just like when you have all those positives and nothing comes out, it's insulting. And um, it's it's not the fact that this movie is bad that I don't like because it's not bad. I mean, it's not bad, bad. You know what I mean? It's not like, uh, <laughs> but it's just not good. Do you know what I mean? It's just like so blah. It's like oh, I've seen this a million times. Everything that I they throw they threw at me, I've seen. I've seen it in every Tim Burton Gore Verbinski you know concoction that's come out since two thousand and. 2000, you know? So, I mean, it's just, it just made me tired. It's two and a half hours of just stuff that's like, it doesn't, it it wastes my time. You know what I mean? (laughs) Just, uh, yeah. Richard, go ahead. Sorry. Brian, uh, I I have a bit to argue with with both of you. Uh, This movie is bad. I mean, it's bad. It's It's bad in the fact that it's nothing like, like, you know what I mean? Nothing new. It's just, Bad script, and in the average everything, you know, just average effort on in on every part of this movie. I think that's mighty generous of you, but I'll, I'll go with you on average. But uh, I think that's being generous. And Brian, my issue with you is the version I saw was only ninety minutes. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What your beef is? I didn't see any of those extra plots, but uh, uh, maybe a bit. But Ken, you're just in a good mood. There's no way you think this is average. I, I don't it's, it's, say it's average. It's bad. It's very uh, – it's, it's horrible. I would never suggest this, but it's like as far as an effort for Disney, like how can you let this happen? It's just like no, – I, I get what you're you saying. Know what I, you know what I'm I, saying? I, I, I'm, I'm I, saying why I, is everything they're doing not amazing? Yeah. It's insulting. I, you know? I think I think what I will take from what you're saying there – I'm not not to put words in your mouth, but but I, I agree with you on the standpoint of there are, there are things within this movie or aspects within this movie that are not – that are not epically bad. It's just that when you, well, a when you combine when you combine twenty average scenes together or below average scenes, they become really, really bad. But more, I think it's that it's just so lazy, and we don't, we shouldn't. For two hundred fifty million dollars, you should not get lazy. You should be getting the best effort that you can possibly. I'll, for example, the fact that it has a Disney name on it, it yeah. should be freaking. The, I'm I'm sorry, and and this is that's the expectation that I hold up for the Disney name. It should be it should make me cry, or it should excite me in some way. Do you know what I mean? There's no yeah. excuse for well, them to roll out that logo yeah. and put that on the screen. Afterward. I'll give you just, I'll give you an example. I think I think John Carter is a prime example of the difference between this movie and that movie is that. Despite the fact that John Carter did not even come close to meeting expectations, despite the fact that the marketing campaign behind John Carter was a disaster, um, John Carter tried really hard to be a good, if not great, movie. There was ambition behind John Carter, and in the end, yeah, it didn't all come together, but I think John Carter is an exceedingly watchable movie, if nothing else. And it's one that you can say, look, it didn't, it didn't work, but... You get what they were trying to do. Lone Ranger is 
is just an exercise in laziness. Yeah. And that's very – that's infuriating to me. Um, and so I, I agree with you on that that standpoint. <laughs> the, the script in this movie is appall- <laughs> it's appallingly bad. Uh, yeah. Specifically – and this is spoiler zone right now. Spoilers coming up. Don't go see it. That's the spoiler. <laughs> um, but at the end of the movie when like everything's okay and the sun is setting and then – you know, uh, the Lone Ranger goes to his, I guess, brother's wife and kid. Yeah. yeah. And you think that he's going to, like, propose it to his the girl and they're going to live happily ever after. He just goes to, goes up to him and goes, all right, kid, uh, take care of your mother. Yeah. And then walks away. <laughs> it's just... It, it just proved that they're shoehorned in there just for a woman and a kid. You know yeah. what I mean? It's oh, like, absolutely. All right, all right guys, you're the man of the house now. We'll yeah. see you later. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. It was just like so underwhelming in, in every aspect. And it's just, oh, the ending of this movie is so terrible. Oh, yeah. my gosh. And it's not funny. And it's just, man, this movie, There's there was no one in my theater watching this movie. It's just so, nobody cares. Were you the, were you the lone viewer? I was one of the lone viewers. I really was. There was probably less than a dozen people in this oh. movie um, oh. on at... You know, at 6 p.m. on a during the summer, which <laughs> yeah. is crazy. Um, but like, hopefully, this is the this is the failure that Johnny Depp needs to kind of step back, look at his career, say, "What the heck am I doing?" and make some good stuff. But bad news has come out. I think today I saw Pirates of the Caribbean five is is shooting now. So yeah, I... uh, they're they're gonna continue to make those whether we like it or not. So. And look, if you want to keep going back to the well, that's fine. But you have to do other things in between these sorts of movies to make people give a rip, like to or to keep your credibility, if nothing else. Like this movie reminds me of like Jack the Giant Killer or something like that. Yeah, it's just like why would they think that this would make it be appealing to a large crowd in the first place? Like it's like somewhat. I mean, Richard, you're a fan, but. You're the only friend I have, probably. That's a I mean, Lone I wouldn't Ranger say I'm fan. a fan. I'm just aware of it. But like, yeah. the, the other thing that's weird about it is the Lone Ranger. Like Tonto's the cool sidekick, but like the Lone yeah. Ranger's a star. And when they were originally talking about this, it was like going to be Clooney in depth. Right. Like it was going to be a buddy comedy, whereas this is mostly like a just a weird. Like is Lone Ranger Lone Ranger going to get top billing? But he's kind of the main character, but it's also kind of not. I, I, yeah. It, weird. Weird, weird, weird. I just like every decision they made on it. I would have loved to sit in on the meetings for like what right. who was the champion on this thing? Like, it's just it's interesting. I'd love to read a book about the production behind the Lone Ranger. Yeah, I, I heard it was an on and off, on and off type of thing. Yeah, well, and and they yeah. finally just pulled the trigger and like, all right, what the heck? Let's just make this thing. And yeah. it's it's kicked bit him in the butt big time. <laughs> There's no excuse for this movie not to have been. Um, in a huge success, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah. from what little familiarity I have with the Lone Ranger, um, I don't think it was like an unadaptable idea. Like to make like the 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 idea of let's make a Lone Ranger movie, not the worst idea in the world. Yeah, right. But like, but once you start going down this road with it, is when you should have stopped. Yeah. Right. Like like you were saying, Ken, it's it's marketable. Like you know, you can make a lot of it's you know, like you said, it's kind of a western superhero. You can make toys out of the Lone Ranger if you got a cool actor to play him. You can have kids running around pretending they're the Lone Ranger and Tonto and make just like a fun family movie 
with some quips and, you know, whatever, but they didn't make that. They made this, like, weird, somewhat southern gothic, gross train movie. Yeah, yeah, not family-friendly, by the way, not family-friendly. Like, if I'd taken, I mean, my kid's only two months old, so it wouldn't matter, but if I'd taken, like, a six- or eight-year-old to this, I probably would have been uncomfortable, because it's really dark, and in weird ways, like... Yeah, Yeah, exactly, uh, like... Alcoholism so, and things like that. Yeah, or like ripping a dude's heart out. And pretty yeah. graphically. Like, yeah. uh, not, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Not the like, best move. So, I, I still, I don't know. It's just, it, it wasn't a bad idea. I think it's a marketable idea. But, like, Westerns also, the other thing financially, yeah. hate to be like the official business reporter of this Mad about movies podcast, but well, you don't uh, bring anything else to the table, so yeah, I know it's true. I'm, I'm the uh, oh crap, the guy is Darren, I'm the Darren Rovell of, of Mad about movies. <laughs> um, but the uh, the the other thing is like, oh, now I made an ESPN joke, I forgot what I was gonna say. Well, I'm an idiot, I'll no, see you guys West, later. Westerns aren't, aren't marketable, oh, yeah, westerns don't make money anymore. I mean, like, I mean, they had to have watched Cowboys and Aliens. I don't know if this was in production yet, but they had to watch that and been like, ooh. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Wild Wild West. Uh, True that was, that was a, I don't know. Yeah, but that's a real that's Western. A, that's like, a real one, though, yeah. And it costs, yeah, like, like, $50 million instead of $250 million. Yeah, I mean, and, like, Django's a Western, but, like, that those are, True Grit and Django are different. Like, yeah. those are, like, you know, uh, uh, what's the other one? Uh, the Corbin McCarthy book. They one no Country for Old Men. That's, yeah, a, no, that's sort of a that's sort of a western. Yeah. yeah, sort of a western theme. Like those are that's not what I'm talking about. Like big blockbuster summary west westerns. Right. People don't want to see, and so like there's just so many things about this that are were just poorly thought out, and you would just think us even from like a non-creative side, and you're like Disney, this is what you do. Like what 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 in your analytics made you think was was it just this weird allegiance to Johnny Depp? Yeah. John, I mean that's what I'm thinking. It's like Johnny Depp wanted to make too. one major movie. Yeah. This guy's made us $3 billion. Let's make it. And that's fine, but then don't spend $250 million on it. Yeah. Did he wield that much power temporarily right. at that studio? I mean, he may have. And that may yeah. be what, I mean, like, I think Johnny Depp is, like, the ultimate, because, like, he obviously picked the director. You know, he wanted to work with Gore again. I mean, so much of this falls in his hands, and it, it reeks so much of all the movies he's made the last few years. Yeah. Uh, so, I like know. you said, he was, right, he was great in... Uh... Great in Rango with Gore Verbinski, so. Yeah, I mean, he was great in Pirates of Gore Verbinski. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously they have a, a, they've had success in the past, but you know, so have Johnny Depp and Tim Burton. That doesn't, you know, want to see them do anything together ever again. Right. Uh, yeah. and it's just weird. Like, Johnny Depp hasn't done anything original since what Finding Neverland. I mean, yeah. I know he did. It, I know, you know, the Dillinger movie, but that sucked too. You know, yeah. he did yeah. the. Uh, he did the Rum Diary, but even that is just another Hunter M. Thompson. That's basically a sequel or a prequel to Fear and Loathing. I mean, that's just right. another of him mumbling and pretending to be Hunter M. Thompson. Right. And so he hasn't really done anything. Finding Neverland was great, but that's like the last great original Johnny Depp movie. We, you know, this this era that's considered like the decade of, of Johnny Depp and Robert Downey Jr., right? These are like the two definitive movie stars of the last 10 years. Yeah. There hasn't been any good Johnny Depp movies. It's yeah. all based off that one good Pirates movie he made, in my opinion. I'm, no, I totally agree. It's a combination of that and Edward Scissorhands, yeah. But with that's the white face, with the white face paint, though. 
I mean, yeah, that's no, a, such a familiar thing to see Johnny Depp with white face paint. And, and, and like, um, I mean, how many movies has he had in the past? He's got Sweeney Todd. He's had Dark Shadows. He's had Charlie and Chocolate Factory. He's had Alice in Wonderland, Lone Ranger, all with white face sweet. paint. All with those sweet. big movies. Yeah. Was Sweeney Todd a hit? Um, I can't no. remember if it made money. But I think it was a hit in the fact that it was a musical. And people hadn't seen a really yeah, musical no, like uh, that. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's a cool musical, but, but I, I mean, I, I guess that's the last successful movie that I think about it, but even that, it's just like, it's, does that movie yeah. hold up at all? Does anyone watch Sweeney Todd anymore? Was that important to the zeitgeist whatsoever? No. no. So, like, he's got this movie star career, like the Johnny Depp era of being a movie star, when he moved from being this, you know, cool character actor that was very handsome to this enormous movie star, and what does he have to show for it? One good movie, one good blockbuster movie in Finding Neverland, which is great, but awesome. You know, he needs to kind of sit down and be like, he just needs think, to figure out a way to be halfway of what he was and what he is. Like, he was too indie. He was doing movie like, that one movie he made about, like, the, 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 another Native American portrayal that, like, stars in a snuff film to, like, pay off his family's, like, okay, I don't want to see that Johnny Depp either, but I just want to see Johnny Depp, like, in some cool original movies. He's a great actor. Right. But is he? Do I even know? I mean, he, I don't know. Did he make one iconic character, and I just think he's a better actor than he is? Maybe he's not that good. But uh, it's, that's you know. a very interesting. Yeah, that's a, it's an interesting thought. My, a couple of friends and I were having that that conversation um, last weekend, and just kind of looking over his his resume at the various films he's been in. And I'm not I'm not saying that we overrate how good Johnny Depp is. I am saying that. The number of good movies that he's been in in the course of his career is way lower than you think it is when you yeah. just think of, hey, Johnny Depp, movie star. And then when you actually go back and look at his career, it's like, oh, this is not – Yeah, it's Edward it's not Scissorhands. Great. It's, it's Edward Scissorhands. It's Ed Wood. It's Donnie Brasco, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then you've got uh, Pirates. Right. Blow. I think Blow, Blow is really good. Um, yeah, Blow's, Blow is really good. Uh, I think Willy Wonka is – Awful, but some yeah. people may like it. Which one was that? Uh, Sorry, Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. Yeah, Charlie Ch- Sure. Uh, but so, what is that? He probably has like what six really great movies. Yeah, Fear yeah, and Loathing is great. I like Fear and Loathing. Yeah, it's, but. but it doesn't hold up that well. I mean, I love Hunter Thompson. I love that book. Like, so I, I'm kind of like, I feel like I'm the perfect audience for. It. I watched it a couple months ago, and it's just like, it's just so like, yeah. just. This I like Terry romantic. Gilliam, so do I, and he's definitely the best part of it. But Johnny Depp's performance is so kind of cartoony, and obviously Hunter was a cartoonish person. But right, I called Hunter because I was a close personal friend of right. his. But uh, my favorite thing about Fear and Loathing is that he followed it up. That was in '98. He followed it up with 1999, that featured Sleepy Hollow, The Astronaut's Wife, and The Ninth Gate. So, way to Sleepy back Sleepy Hollow, up. another one with white face paint. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for Kim, I forgot seen, about that. I don't think I've ever seen that. Uh, uh, it's, it's Tim Burton have. and Johnny it's Depp, and it's, it's about <laughs> Halloween. You know, it's real original. Yeah. Um, I think I think um, this kind of all leads to the point of, I mean, this movie made what uh, thirty million dollars opening weekend or something, something Brian, yeah. and over well, five days. What are they uh, making hot topic merch? That's the that's the true like way to measure Johnny Depp film grosses. <laughs> Did it clear two hundred million in hot topic here? 
I yeah, it's a lot of corsets. I don't know. I... <laughs> um, but the fact that it made only what thirty million dollars over five days—it's just the fact that I think people are sick of it too. You know, it made yeah, no, think... no money on the first day before it even had a chance for word to get out that it was bad. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. there was no interest there. People have seen this thing before. This, they, well, they're, yeah. they, they don't, they're not fooled by the illusion. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and the thing that's going to break it is it's not going to do well overseas because nobody in Europe cares about seeing a movie about the Civil War yeah. era of America. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's it's sitting at $80 million worldwide right now, and that's – I mean it's not – it very well – I don't think it's going to break $100 million domestically, and that's going to be – that's a huge, huge disaster, especially since wow. they don't have an overseas market really. So – um, so maybe maybe you're right, Kent. Maybe this pushes Depp to go do something more worthwhile, and maybe it gets Disney on the right path of uh, getting prep for for Star Wars. Because I got to be honest, I'm <laughs> I'm way more nervous about Star Wars now than I was, and I know I, I won't be when it gets close because J.J. Abrams will help protect me from the bad things at Disney. But um, you look at like the last ten years of Disney big time blockbuster live action films. You guys, can I give you a list of, of films that, yes. that fall into that category? Uh, since pirates, you've got national treasure, pirates, two pirates, three national treasure, two. Uh, the first Narnia didn't have a huge budget, but the second one did. And it was a disaster. Prince of Persia, sources, apprentice, Tron legacy, pirates Four, John Carter. And then this year, Oz and, and the lone ranger. Um, not a lot of good movies mixed in there. Like John Carter might yeah. be the best movie out of that whole that whole bunch. Um, and uh, that's got to be somewhere around like five hundred billion dollars spent. Um, and and for for what? For not a whole lot of return. So, um, that doesn't give me that that gives me a little bit of dread going into Star Wars, which is going to be obviously a huge financial success. But on some level, that makes me more nervous because it, given how lazy this movie is, given how lazy a couple of their other uh, recent live-action movies have been, it makes you wonder if they're just going to rest on the fact that it's going to make a ton of money and not put the requisite effort into making it awesome. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Richard, any more thoughts on Lone Ranger? Um, well, yeah, I just I'm on movie news, and uh, Johnny Depp has signed on. For Mordecai by David Cope. Kep. Oh, David. Last, last few movies are um, Premium Rush. <laughs> oh, yeah, there it is. He did uh, Jurassic a, Park. He did, but let's focus, on his, let's focus on his recent work. Uh, <laughs> he did Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. He did Angels and Demons. He did The Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3, and Men in Black 3, and the upcoming Jack Ryan. Uh, so, a few hits and misses. Yeah. What do you think? Mordecai is apparently, uh, I don't know, a wealthy art dealer and part-time rogue who oh. finds himself caught up in a strange case of crime and espionage. That's the other Johnny Depp bomb that we didn't talk yeah. about. The one with Angelina Jolie. Yeah, the tourists. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, come on, Johnny, get it together. Um, 
Brian, any more thoughts on the Lone Ranger at all? Yeah. Any- um, do you think if they if they remade this movie, do you think that they could cram in maybe five more times where the Lone Ranger says something to the effect of he's not going to kill anybody and he's not going to use guns? Could that could they jam a few yeah, more of those exactly. in there? Exactly. Or that, or that, or that sure. he needs to trade for something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jeez. This I, I want to mention. It's so recycled. <laughs> I want to mention. Um, how ridiculous and stupid that freaking white horse was. Yeah. Um, so terrible. Uh, they introduce it and it's like carrying the white hat. Yeah. Like some angel horse. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but probably and, the second best actor in the movie, I would oh, say. Hands performance down. wise. And uh, this movie stoops <laughs> to the level of horse pooping on the ground and then dragging the Lone yeah. Ranger's face through it. Yeah, that was a uh, on the ground. Sure. Yeah. You no, know, so that's always a good gag. You know, when you can put wow. somebody's head in dung in a movie. <laughs> so that's what it's resorting to. Um, yeah. Old no, Tonto. I mean, old Tonto was laughably bad, though. I just wanted to reiterate that. <laughs> and the way he was walking around the little like display, it was so. It reminded me of Guy Pierce in Prometheus, <laughs> where he was just covered in old age makeup and just. Trying so hard to be old and look old, but it just wasn't working whatsoever. Right, it was bad. Um, you know, I, I I forgot to mention that my opinion of this movie is worsened because over the weekend, sitting with the girlfriend and uh, watching some like FX or something, they've got some movie on, and I come across the uh, the Mask of Zorro, right? Yeah, uh, with Antonio Banderas, the first one, right? Uh, and uh, that movie holds up like randomly, kind of well. I mean, it's not good, but like, it's sure. It, I watched the whole thing, and it's like that's the kind of movie this movie should have been. That movie's actually like really fun. Yeah, and it's silly, and it's like half slapstick, and they work in some like cool history of like the Spanish American War and things like that, and right. the acquisition of California. And you're like, huh? If that movie was made now, it would look a lot better and things like that. Anthony Hopkins is does his Anthony Hopkins thing. He's randomly a Spanish. Uh, conquistador, even though he's like, even though he's clearly British, and Captain Zeta Jones, I, you know, I've been clouded because I've only seen Captain Zeta lately, and she didn't age that well. But good lord, in that movie, is she beautiful. That's sort of what made her a star. If yeah, I'm it is. Mistaken. It is. It's un, even in 2013. The whole time I was just like, whoa. Yeah. Um, she. That's like one of the most beautiful. The way she shot. I mean, everything about it is incredible. Uh, and like, you see that movie, like. You know, once again, not a runaway success on all levels, but like at least somewhat succeed. And then you watch Lone Ranger with like 50, a fifteen-year head start on that movie, right. and with Disney financial backing, and it's like you can't even top an Antonio Banderas Zorro movie, <laughs> right? Right. Like <laughs> that Zorro movie is a hundred times better than Lone Ranger. I would oh, rather yeah. watch Wild Wild West than Lone Ranger or Jonah Hex. Either one. Oh. Jonah Hex. I'd rather watch Cowboys and Aliens too. Yes, I really would. Three of those movies, no question, hands down, easily over over uh, this movie. No, no problem, no problem. Like Hollywood hasn't worn that lesson because that's three straight summers of Cowboys and Aliens, Lone Ranger, and Jonah Hex. Right, back to back to back summers. Pretty close. There might be a year, but whatever. Yeah. 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 I mean, come on! No one wants to see these movies. We want our westerns dark and serious. We don't want like pop westerns. No one cares anymore. Yeah. Hey, do you know what the one good thing about this besides that it doesn't get a sequel? Uh, the dude who plays who played uh, Army Hammer's brother 
James Badge Dale. That guy's awesome. Put him in more movies. Like, uh, he he did uh, World War Z. He was one of the he was the uh, the guy who dies in like South Korea or whatever when they get when uh, Brad Pitt gets there. He played the uh, the red eyed guy in Iron Man three. Like, he that guy's awesome. I want to see him do more stuff. Yeah. But like, this is another movie where he's he's in it for. 10 minutes and then he dies so which probably Another, good for uh, him way to get out of this one good job buddy but um we we need him in in some more uh some more movies because i think that guy's got something another um william fickner sighting yeah yeah as the villain in this he, he pops up in just about every every movie really yeah. <laughs> his goal so he's he's kind of he reminds me of will arnett a lot he reminded me of this villain in Lone Ranger reminded me if Will Arnett was trying to act scary. Yeah. I just wouldn't buy it. I was just not yeah. going to buy it. You know that's what I mean? Good, that's a good comparison. All right. So F or D? What are we going um, with? Mine's double D. My grade is double D. All uh, right. So, yeah. Richard, go. What's your grade? F. F. Yeah. Uh, Brian, F. Yeah, F. Worst movie that I've made it all the way through this year and i think grading on a curve it's worse than anything else I've, i'm i have seen or will see this year so way cool. to go guys. way to go guys um let's move on then shall we and do weekly recommends all right brian uh fill us in on your weekly recommend uh this weekend my uh, my wife and i uh, got out of town for the for the weekend left the kid at home and and uh went by and himself. basically yeah asked. just by himself with the, there's a dog here it's fine um, and, uh, on our drive, we listened to uh, an audiobook cause we're old people that do that sort of thing. And, uh, I, we listened to Jim Gaffigan's memoir slash, um, parenting book, I guess, uh, it's called dad is fat. If you don't know who Jim Gaffigan is, he's one of the more famous stand-up comedians of the, of the day. Um, and, uh, who I, I really like. And I think, I think one who, holds up very well if that makes sense like his bits he does kind of the same bit a lot of times and that that kind of whereas like uh an aziz ansari retires pretty much retires his material and moves on to something different um each time gaffin kind of does the same thing and i get i think that get, turns people off sometimes but um i think he's a very good stand-up very reliable he very yeah. takes his craft very seriously which i greatly appreciate anyway uh the book is is just a series of essays um with anecdotes and whatnot about he's got five kids and him and his wife live uh in a two-bedroom apartment in manhattan um so it's it's very funny it is actually uh informative which is funny because i like my wife and i right before we had our kid our kid's 10 weeks old i read like three or four parenting books like trying to get ready for all this crap and none of them were good and none of them yeah and none of them were informative. Like the most informative book that I've read on uh, on the subject of parenting is written by a stand-up comedian. So that should tell you something about our society. But regardless, anyway, it's a it's a really good book. It's an easy read. Um, and like I said, everything's kind of broken down into essays. So if you sat down to read, you could read two or three essays, and they're all three or four pages long. And it's it's uh, anyway, it's a really good book. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, it's called Dad Is Fat by Jim Gaffigan. Great. I really want to ask you and this is important brian yeah sure does jim gaffigan himself read the audiobook yes i should have mentioned that yes Yes. i think is always always makes an audiobook better if the if you know tina fey reading her book or mindy kaling reading her book or whatever um always makes it better so yeah it is jim gaffigan reading his own book and you get 
you know, you get the some of the Jim Gaffiganisms come through, you know, throughout his reading. He he in the intro he does the hot pocket bit just kind of as a almost as a cursory like, okay, I know this is what you know me as, but hopefully by the end of the book you'll, you know, exp- appreciate me for more than just that. But yeah, he does read his own book and it's uh it's pretty great to hear him throughout. Awesome. Great recommend. I'm gonna check that out. Faux show, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> Richard, what do you recommend, man? My weekly recommend is, uh, is uh, I, you know, I, honestly, the last few weeks I've been struggling for stuff. Like, I can't, I haven't been ingesting that much. I've been working a lot and, and uh, haven't had anything to, uh, to recommend. So I've kind of been grasping straws. But now this week I've got like four things I would love to recommend, but I, I'm going to narrow it down to one. Uh, and I actually just came across it on, my, on a run before we started recording. And uh, I think it's more like, urgent to be listened to now um so i'm going to recommend this first i'll do some other stuff next week but uh so uh on the on the um bs report which is a podcast with bill simmons from espn and grantland.com he has a pulitzer prize winner uh wesley morris who i think won the pulitzer at the boston globe and uh and then also now works at grantland as well as a, as a film critic and he hosts a uh, podcast i started listening to lately which i recommend called uh do you like Prince movies, which is just kind of a pop culture podcast between him and Alex Papadamas. But uh, anyway, they talk about the state of, of summer blockbusters. Uh, and I don't normally like to recommend other movie podcasts, but if you like this one, uh, you know, it's it's similar to this with a, more of a, a Pulitzer feel. Uh, sure. our, you know, our Peabody's and our Pulitzer's are yet to come, right. uh, whereas, whereas Mr. Morris's have, have, you know, already arrived in the mail. So... A really interesting look at what makes a block, what is a blockbuster now, how that's changed even over the last five years, what that means, right? Like there's this huge dichotomy between there's only two types of movies now. Uh, this is something I'd like to talk about with you guys, right? There's the 250 million dollar movie, and there's the two million dollar movie, right. and there's the, the 70 million dollar movie no longer exists, right? And uh, what what does that mean, right? And so are we going to a point where there are 10 movies released every year in theaters, just blockbusters, you know, your Lone Rangers and your, uh, and the like, and that's what's in a theater. And then everything else is released on demand on like smaller screen, things like that. Right. Um, but yeah, so, uh, it, it's just a really interesting look at, you know, what, what that means. So that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Sweet. That's what I'm recommending. Sweet, good recommend. I'll, I'll recommend that as well. I know for sure that's good. So, that's my recommend. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm gonna give a recommend. <laughs> I want to recommend a uh, great show on NBC. Betty White's off their rockers. <laughs> uh, it made it. it. Made it to the final round. Week recommend. All right. No, um, I was, I'm joking again. Um, I want to recommend a movie that has finally made its way to Netflix. It's one of my favorite movies from the 90s, and I, I own it on Blu-ray, but I try not to watch it too much because I don't want it to get old and feel old because it's one of my favorites. Uh, the Truman Show. Uh, oh, it's, yeah. It's made it's played on Netflix. It's one of, um, one of the gems, I guess, of the 90s. So, uh, Brian, have you seen The Truman Show? What Do you, oh, you like it? Totally. Love The Truman Show. I saw that it came across Netflix the other day, and I, I, put, I added it to my queue immediately. So I love that yeah. movie. Yeah, it's one of the, the better concepts for a movie i think that's i mean never been attempted and, and somewhat you know pulled off um 
just a really intriguing movie uh, about a guy. If you haven't seen it, about a guy who basically his life is on TV and he doesn't know it until he's in his thirties, I guess. So, yeah. um, amazing movie, really great, amazing screenplay. Um, I actually own the screenplay itself, like in book form. Wow. Because I mean, there's, I mean, the, a lot of the stuff they couldn't do on the, in the actual movie because of budget and everything. But the screenplay itself is just, I mean, it's a work of genius. Um, so check it out. The Truman Show is on Netflix. Uh, buy it on Blu-ray because uh, it looks great in Blu-ray quality. I know I can I can say that. And buy the screenplay too because it's a great read, uh, just in book in book form. So my week recommend is The Truman Show. Uh, so let me ask you this, Brian Gill. Yeah. Where can I find more of your work online? You can find me on Twitter at bgill12, or you can find my writing at the oh no, not at that site. You can find my writing at canbabiesdrinkredbull.com. Richard. You can find me on Twitter at Richard Barton or at richardbarton.com. Kent, where might I find you on these interwebs? You can find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison. You can find the podcast on the internet at madaboutmoviespodcast.com, a brand new redesigned website. Uh, So go there, follow us on there, contact us on there, and find all our episodes on there as well. Um, Leave us a review on iTunes. Leave us five stars if you think we're awesome. Uh, reach out on Twitter, say hi to us, and uh, give us a follow, and uh, we'll give you a follow. How about that? Yeah. Uh, anything else you guys want to mention before we get out of here? Better movies next uh-huh. week. Pacific Rim, everybody. Oh, yeah. Pacific oh, Rim. Oh, yeah. Get excited. Oh. Um, Idris, my man. Yeah, so until next time, we will see you at the cinema. Goodbye. I'm going to put on some white face tape. <laughs> Goodbye. Where the face is us. Oh, my God.